0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Sports moles Football Shorts. I'm Barney Corkill, I'm here with our football editor Matt Law and today we'll be focusing on the relegation battle ahead of the Premier League resuming on Wednesday. There's still a great deal to be decided at the bottom of the table Matt, no one is down yet so how do you see it shaping up?
1: It's, it's so incredibly close isn't it at the bottom, I think a lot of you know seasons gone by there's been teams that have, have been cut adrift and is it probably fair to say Norwich have been completely cut adrift? Probably a little bit unfair. Obviously, they've got a lot of work to do. It's, it is only six points from from 20th to 17th, which isn't a great deal in the grand scheme of things. There are still, still games points to be won, but it's going to be tough for Norwich, obviously. Uh, but up from that, you know, Villa-Bournemouth obviously occupying the two spaces at the moment, but... Villa with the game in hand, um, which obviously could prove decisive. So, even looking at probably perhaps up to Brighton, who obviously are still in trouble as well, 29 points. Southampton, it would probably have to take a, a big sort of drop off from them and other teams to win a few games. But if you're looking at if we include Norwich in the argument, they're not down. You know, six teams into three, and it's just going to be so fascinating, isn't it, to see what happens because there's so many games between between the teams that obviously in that in that running and, and games between a lot of the bigger teams as well. So it will be very interesting to see what happens.
0: Yeah, I think if you're Southampton, you're you're pretty certain you're safe now. You only need two more wins from your last nine games. So I think you, when you're talking about the relegation battle, you're probably talking about that bottom six, and you know. At this stage of the season, fans of each of those clubs will be looking at their own fixture list. They'll be looking at the fixture list of those teams around them. And interestingly, when it comes to the fixture list of the the league for the remaining teams of all the teams, Bournemouth have actually got the toughest running in terms of the average league position. Um, very importantly, they're not playing any of their fellow strugglers, any of that bottom six as well. So they, it's not like they can pick up valuable points against them. There's no six pointers. They've got five of the top eight to be, uh, five of the top eight to come. Um, And Brighton aren't too far behind either Obviously Brighton are two points better off than Bournemouth at the moment But their running is pretty much just as hard as Bournemouth I think Brighton have have still got Norwich to face Which could be a key game Um, But those two in terms of the fixtures still to come could be in a bit of trouble, especially Bournemouth, who at the moment have the worst goal difference of the three teams grouped on 27 points. They, the onus is on them to start winning, but they haven't got any chance to do that against the teams immediately around them in the table.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's that's the team I was going to touch on. To be honest, I, I would be worried if I were for Bournemouth because they're, they're, they're such a good footballing team, aren't they? Obviously played well against Liverpool before, before the lockdown period. Only just lost, didn't they? It was a, a two-one defeat at Anfield, but. But, you know, the week before they held Chelsea, they are capable of playing, you know, very good football and picking up wins. Obviously, got some fantastic players going forward. Josh King, wanted by Manchester United in January. Callum Wilson, obviously, an England international. And he's got eight league goals this season. But you're talking about players behind him. You know, Ryan Fraser, obviously, he's out of contract. He he did very well last season. He's only scored one, one goal this season, which is nowhere near good enough. And they concede a lot of goals, don't they? Bournemouth forty-seven this season, which isn't Villa's is the worst this season, but but it, it, it's in and around you know the worst records in the league, which would be worrying me if I were a Bournemouth fan. And I suppose the same could be said for Brighton. You know, they're they're another team who do an awful lot right. They they play, play some excellent football, but they're in a position where they've only won six games this season. And they're going to need, you know, a few more wins to, to. Obviously, they're not in the relegation zone at the moment, but it's so tight down there that you know someone picks up a win. Obviously, Villa win their game in hand against against Sheffield United, which is at home, and they could quite easily do, and that pulls them right into trouble. So, yeah, Brighton or Bournemouth would would for me. You know, I would be worried for both of them.
0: I think the thing you've got to say about Bournemouth is they've been so unlucky with injuries this season. They've had some. Key, key players injured for pretty much the whole campaign. You think back to last season and how good David Brooks was coming through and you know what he can bring to a team. He can be a match winner. and Bournemouth have been missing that the entire season. They've been missing other players for long, long periods of the season. What this break has done has enabled them to come back to fitness. So Bournemouth are much closer now to having a full complement of players than they have been for much of the season. So if you're looking at positives as a Bournemouth fan, um, for these final nine games of the campaign, that's a huge one because the good thing about this, for, for most teams actually, a lot of teams have benefited from key players coming back to fitness, but few more than Bournemouth, so they'll be hopeful that the the next nine games will be more successful than the, the first 29 because they've got more players available, more of their key players available. Um, uh, Aston Villa arguably come into that argument as well because they lost Tom Heaton and uh, Wesley, I think in the same game for pretty much the entire season so they've benefited from key players coming back as you mentioned that game in hand could prove crucial they're against they're at home to uh sheffield united sheffield united have obviously had a brilliant season um but whether they'll be able to keep that back after the after such a long break who knows and aston villa might be looking to catch them cold and as i mentioned with their returning players a win there would lift them out of the bottom three and then the onus is on the other teams to go and to, to go and get victories the key thing about Villa is I think they've, they've only got West Ham from that bottom six to play and that comes on the final day so that could be a huge, huge game whereas Norwich, they're cut adrift at the moment as you say, six points but they play more of the, the teams around them than any, other, any rest of the bottom six. They've got Brighton, Watford and West Ham to come all at the start of July in the space of three games so you'd think if they can pick up a winning run then they'll be right back in the race for survival if they don't pick up a winning run then they lose all those games or only pick up a few points here and there you'd have to say by that stage they'd probably be down
1: yeah i think as you mentioned nori obviously it is tougher for them because they're in a position where they haven't got you know that room to you know wiggle room if you like they've only scored 25 goals this season and pookie's Puk- got 11 of them who's obviously had a great season hasn't he Coming in from the championship where he was you know probably the best player in the championship last season and has shown that he can score goals at this level but that is a lot of pressure isn't it on on a striker if he scored if you think almost half of your league goals this season if he doesn't fire i know todd campwell as well was had a had a good season and is wanted by clubs you know with respect bigger than norwich but looking at their games you know you would you, under normal circumstances you'd say you know Norwich's next to southampton everton at home and you'd be thinking in front of you know a packed packed stadium it'd be you know, fancy their chances. But obviously, that is not the case. It's not going to be a packed stadium, so it's almost it's very difficult, isn't it, to look at the games because they're they're almost like training games, aren't they? They obviously will be incredibly competitive, but the fact that there are going to be no fans inside the stadium. Will help certain clubs, but it will also, you know, hamper other teams, especially Norwich, because I think you pick out the game earlier season, wasn't against Manchester City, where they played so well, but the fans played, you know, a huge part in them picking up such a good result. So I think that will play a part, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did, you know, did pick up a couple of wins to get themselves out of it because because they are certainly capable. They've got some good players.
0: Yeah, and it's an interesting point about fans not being in the stadium. Obviously, for, for you mentioned Norwich there and the Man City win fans can play a huge part in, in causing upsets. But for the big team down there, the biggest team probably, West Ham, or the the team who are underachieving most, West Ham, their fans arguably, you know, the atmosphere inside the stadium, they're not happy with the, the owners at the moment. They make their um, unrest very, very clear to hear to the players on the pitch. So not having that negative energy um in the stadium for the players it might allow them to free up a bit so you you're looking at some teams being harmed by no fans being in the stadium other teams you know might have a new sense of freedom and west ham without that pressure on their shoulders perhaps they'll start showing the type of form which we expected from them for most of the season because there's no doubt the money they've spent the players they brought in they should be doing better than 16th place they should be further away from the relegation zone than just outside of it on goal difference they've been they've had a hugely hugely disappointing season um obviously changed their manager david moys now in charge he's very experienced in the premier league he's had a few relegation battles under his belt as well for them these last 9 games of the season is all about salvaging their season relegation for them considering the amount of money they spent I think Sebastian Haller last season alone was their club record signing. Relegation for them would be catastrophic. I think the owners have even come forward and said that they cannot afford to be relegated from the Premier League this season. So it's a huge, huge nine games for them. It's a surprise to see them down there. But, you know, it's it's also nothing new for the fans who, um, you know, their their lack of presence inside the stadium, perhaps that will be a benefit to the West Ham players.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point you make about teams that can almost, I'm not saying anyone can afford to go down, but if Norwich were to go down, you, you fancy they've got the structure in place to be able to, you know, put things in place for for them to come up perhaps again next season. But if worst than were to go down, well, obviously, you know, they have done previously, and uh, with perhaps a better squad, you know, they, they've obviously had they've got a fantastic squad this season. We think of players like Lanzini, Anderson, you know, even players like Wilshire, You know, obviously, I know he's had his injury problems, but he's a fantastic player. Pablo Fornals has not really happened for him since he came into the into the into the side, which is which is uh, which has been disappointing, but. It, it's just games. Games will start to run out quickly for West Ham. I think that's the thing. If they don't make a good start, obviously they play Wolves, don't they, at home, and then they play Tottenham and Chelsea in quick succession after that. Before, before a trip to Newcastle, um, at the start of July. So. There's some big games in there and some big teams and obviously they've only won once since New Year's Day since that four 0 win over Bournemouth. David Moyes started so well, but since since then three one win over Southampton is their only win in the Premier League and they played well against West and uh, Arsenal. Sorry, before the before the lockdown period in their last game, but but suffered a one nil defeat. They actually should have won that game. They had a lot of chances in the first half, but they're certainly a team capable of of, of getting out of it, but it's easier said than done and I think like you mentioned the fact that the fans who, who do turn quite quite quickly at the London Stadium the fact that they're not going to be there could play into their hands because player for player they've probably got the best 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 team down there
0: and I think key for them is also they've got Norwich Watford and Villa in three of the last four games so you know if they need some points there They've got some chances to make it up at the end of the season. Uh, But whatever happens, it promises to be a fascinating scrap. And you can follow every twist and turn on sportsmole.co.uk where we have Project Restart covered with news features, previews and just about everything else your heart could desire. We'll also be back with our next podcast tomorrow when we'll be turning our attention to the battle for the European places, the Champions League spots. Uh, So be sure to tune in for that.